Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Thanks, Doug. Checking elsewhere around North Dakota, and while we're heading into hunting season, some anglers continue hitting the water, including Devil's Lake. There, East Bay continues producing numbers of small fish. Success has slowed a bit throughout the lake, though. But start working deep in 20 to 30 feet and then move into shallower water to try to locate the walleye. Jamestown Reservoir is producing some crappie in the shallows, along with a few walleye that are now starting to show up. While walleye haven't been in any great numbers on Lake Ashtabula this summer, there too. A few more are starting to show up. Try vertical gold jigging as anglers are switching into their fall presentations. Out west, the Missouri River tail race remains fair for walleye in the spillway channel using jigs and minnows, but anglers are still finding a lot of small fish. Look for off-and-on catfish success from boats using frozen smelt in the spillway or chutes, and try the wingwalls or spillway lake from shore. There you'll want to try lindy rigs, Put a heavy weight on the bo- and work the bottom and night crawlers for catfish. Downriver, more walleye are coming from Langlers and Cattail Bay, downstream of Bismarck Mandan. Walleye remain in about 45 feet and deeper off the points on the east end of Lake Sakakawea, with fish a little shallower and 30 to 35 feet around Douglas Bay to the west on the north shore. The Van Hoog arms slowed for walleye, but those anglers working deep yet are still finding some success. There's also some salmon success in 75 feet down to about 110 feet on the south side of the east end of the lake. But the spawning salmon haven't showed up yet. Muskie are still being taken over on Lake Audubon. Work shallow in the morning and go deeper in the afternoon. Remember, you've got to release all those muskie less than 48 inches, though. And finally, smallmouth bass activity remains fair and steady on Audubon. But really, now that hunting season is rolling forward, fishing will take a back seat until ice opportunities arrive. Be sure to take a cooler and ice to keep those opening weekend grouse and partridge cool, leaving proper identification on your birds, and give your four-legged hunting companion water and rest breaks. Above all, be safe and enjoy the great North Dakota outdoors. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale. And she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Here is a podcast extra. We are extremely excited. Uh, you know, we, we've got one of these guests that we just look forward to hearing from because uh, it's it's always it's always informative and it's always a fun conversation. We are very fortunate to be joined this segment by our Minnesota DNR commissioner. Sarah Stroman. Uh, Commissioner Stroman, welcome back to Gone Outdoors. Well, thank you so much. It is always a highlight of my day when I get to talk to you guys. There's just so much great 
great things to talk about and and great information to share and that uh, that makes it exciting for everybody and we're we're excited today because we're going to be talking about the more the investing in Minnesota outdoors and the more modernized outdoor recreation experiences I am really excited to hear about this. Uh, can can you give us just a, a kind of a, a overview look of of what we're talking about here in terms of uh, our investments within the outdoors here in the state? Yeah, so um, we call the full name is our Get Out More um, because we want people to get out more. Um, but as you said, it um, the more is modernizing outdoor recreation experiences. And this is a, an initiative that the Minnesota legislature um, and the governor funded this past session. It's really a once-in-a-generation opportunity to invest in renewing and involving our outstanding state outdoor recreation experiences. So it's $159 million of um, investment to enhance access and welcome new users to revitalizing camping infrastructure, modernizing boating access, enhancing fisheries and fishing infrastructure, and restoring streams and modernizing water-related infrastructure. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe this is above and beyond your normal budget, which you are heavily involved in the DNRs, the entire Minnesota DNRs budget. This is above and beyond that to update some of the, you know, Minnesota DNR has been doing great work for many, many, many years, and there are so many great facilities around the state. Part of this is to update some of those facilities. Isn't that correct? That's absolutely correct. And and this is above and beyond our normal budget. We were super fortunate here in Minnesota to have a, a state budget surplus. And so we made uh, the pitch to uh, the legislature and, and of course, um, Minnesotans generally, that this was a great time to invest in renewal of um, those those sites and facilities that support outdoor experiences. Many of the facilities that we manage at Minnesota DNR are 60 to 90 years old. And so, you know, of course, they're showing their age. Um, they aren't necessarily designed for the things that today's users are looking for. And you know, the reality is this infrastructure supports a $9.9 billion outdoor recreation industry in Minnesota. Um, it supports 91,000 jobs. And so it's a really important um, economic driver in addition to, you know, the, the benefits it provides for um, health and wellness and, you know, the, the outdoor legacy. So it really was time for the state of Minnesota to make another generational investment in, in these uh, experiences. I so appreciate you sharing the impact, both economically, both job-wise, I mean, real people-wise, people's jobs they go to each and every day, and what an impact the outdoor has, the outdoors have on the state of Minnesota. And you know what? I, I don't care where you are and who you are, $159 million is going to move the needle. And I have to imagine some of these projects are things that folks that are listening to Gone Outdoors will see directly. And some are things that may be an indirect effect and, and improve their outdoor experience. Um, do, do we have some some specifics maybe in, in, in terms of things that um, this will actually be, be used in? Yeah, so we expect that, that these investments will be um, very visible uh, to Minnesotans and, and others who visit our outdoor spaces. 
they are, as I said, to, to help us enhance access and welcome new users. Some of that is for um, accessibility. So everything from um, creating uh, accessible hunting blinds or park spaces for people with disabilities to also the, the wonderful track chairs um, program that we have in our state parks. Um, so people with mobility disabilities and their friends and family can experience things together. Um, I'm really excited about the, the fisheries investments um, because they span uh, investments in our hatcheries. And so one of the first places folks will see um, is a, a new hatchery building coming online at our Waterville um, fish hatchery, which is really important to supporting uh, walleye, our state fish here in Minnesota. Um, but it also that money will support the places that people fish. So whether you fish by boat and you might see a new boat ramp um, or whether uh, you shore fish, we're going to be um, investing more in shore fishing opportunities and fishing piers so that people without boats can get out and enjoy those fishing opportunities as well. So Sarah, it sounds like this isn't just used for updating existing, uh, existing opportunities for anglers. It's, creating new opportunities as well. Exactly. You know, some of it will be to, to modernize um, existing facilities. So if you think about our boat ramps that were built uh, 60 years ago, think about the difference um, in what boats <laughs> and um, equipment look like these days. Um, think about the fact that we now have to manage for aquatic invasive species. We now care about good shoreline vegetation. And so all of those things that we weren't um, designing for 60 years ago, we can, we can put back in design now. But it also is about, yeah, creating new opportunities, um, particularly those shore fishing opportunities, fishing piers, um, thinking about different uh, ways that people might want to access the outdoors. So that's why we call it modernized uh, outdoor recreation experiences. It's not just modernizing existing buildings and infrastructure. It's really thinking about all of the aspects that make up an experience and wanting to provide a modern outdoor experience. I just love that concept uh, because you not only have the um, the differences in technology and gear like you had mentioned, but, you know, we have to admit in Minnesota, we have a different population using the outdoors. It's a culturally diverse population. It is a population that's including many people who are new to the outdoors since the pandemic. And what a, what a, just a breath of fresh air to, to see all of this investment into the outdoors for all of those folks and all of those that grew up utilizing the outdoors as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's one of the things that we truly believe is that these investments, um, you know, even if you are making investments targeted at people with disabilities, that benefits not only them, but their friends and family who want to enjoy the outdoors with them. Um, you know, providing, uh, I was I was just at um, Maplewood State Park last week, and uh, the park manager there was talking to me a lot about the new immigrant community uh, that has uh, come to Pelican Rapids, and they're seeing those new users in the state park. And so, what do we, you know, need to offer in that state park to make that new um, community of people feel welcome and enjoy their experience in the outdoors? Um, but those experiences benefit everybody. So. Um, this really is about making sure that all Minnesotans um, can can continue 
um, whether it's their long-standing traditions in the outdoors or whether it's making new traditions in the outdoors. That is wonderful. Uh, we have Minnesota DNR Commissioner Sarah Stroman with us here this morning, and we so appreciate the update. Before we have to, to sign off on this segment, Commissioner Stroman, I just wanted to, uh, you know, we were talking off air before we started recording here, and this past Thursday was the first day of the Minnesota State Fair, and I can remember as, as a child wanting to go to the Minnesota DNR booth at the State Fair when we would be there and see the fish and see all of the, the cool stuff that was on display. And you, you've got that going on right now. Is that correct? Yeah, the fair started this morning. Um, and uh, I was out there yesterday uh, watching our staff make the final preparations. And um, so, you know, I hope folks will come out and see us there. We we're actually just talking yesterday that, uh, you know, a lot of people go to the fair because they love the people, they love the food. So many people seek out the DNR space, whether it's to see the fish or enjoy the shade or the pollinator garden. And I think it really speaks to that love for the outdoors and that that need that we have as humans (laughs) to just inherently seek out the outdoors. Um, So, you know, if you have an opportunity um, to get to the fair, certainly seek us out. I will say we also have a live fish cam um, that is accessible to anybody online. So you can watch our fish pond all day long. throughout the, the fair, if you wish, from from wherever you are. I love it. I love it. I'm going to have a chance to go there next weekend, and I'm looking forward to it. I haven't been there for quite a few years, and it's going to be an exciting, exciting experience. Commissioner Stroman, thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. The most important part of today's show is that I need to wish my mom a happy belated birthday. Friday, September 8th was my mom, Marianne Lear, in Valley City, her birthday. I love my mom. She is the greatest mom in the world. So thank you so very much for all you have done for me, for all you continue to do for me and for my family. Love my mom. Happy birthday, Marianne Lear, in Valley City. Well, it is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available. Then the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Till next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.